podcast is not affiliated with nor does it speak on behalf of any company, organization, or firm. This is based on the personal experiences and opinions of individual professionals and students. Welcome to our podcast, Decoding Corporate America. I am Erica. And I am Sashala. Today, we are welcoming our friend and guest, Brittany Berliner. We've known Brittany over the years through our former employer. We did some great work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space as leads for our employee resource groups. We did some fabulous star-studded events touching on some intersectionality of being a woman and how we show up as our authentic selves every day within the corporate environment. We knew spotlighting this powerhouse would be a real treat for you all today as we explore what it means to have a communications career and how Brittany has incorporated her passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion into her day-to-day. And with that, Brittany, please introduce yourself. Well, thank you, Sashala, for such a kind introduction. Before we get started, I just want to stress how honored I am to chat with the two of you. In my eyes, you are industry change makers, and I deeply admire the two of you. I oh, mean, thank you. <laughs> of course. I mean, our shared passion for fostering a diverse and inclusive culture is what brought us together in the first place. So thank you both so much for having me and everything you continue to do to affect change. Thank you. So, of course. So I've been in the financial communications industry for over seven years now. Honestly, I didn't even know that was an industry when I was in school. I studied communications at Cornell for undergrad with a specialization in media studies. And at the time, honestly, guys, I thought I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I broadcasted the Big Red hockey games and maintained a lifelong affinity for baseball and football. Shout out to the Yankees and the Giants. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it turns out being a fan of sports doesn't necessarily translate into a career in sports. So I decided to stick to the sidelines. Truthfully, with a background in communications, it never occurred to me at the time that a career in finance was even plausible. Finance to me was like Harvard to Elwoods. Back then, I thought Wall Street was exclusively for prospective bankers and traders. I don't know if you can relate to that feeling. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't until the on-campus recruiting process, actually senior year of college, when I learned that there were many facets of finance, including financial communications. And in a few years' time, ladies, I would say that Fearless Girl on Broad Street was as relatable as ever. So to dive a little deeper here, I started out on the consumer finance side in a rotational program at MasterCard. There are many moving parts to a career in communication, so it was great right off the bat to have the opportunity to see where my skills and interests best fit, which is why I highly, highly recommend to all you grads out there those types of programs. I really love working with journalists, and that's what brought me to Barclays, where I met these two fabulous ladies and focused exclusively (laughs) on media relations for the investment bank. And I would say that adrenaline rush of the unknown is what is so exciting about media relations. You can have a to-do list walking into the office, and then a journalist gives you a ring and is on a deadline with a whopper of a story, and it's time to drop that list and kick it into overdrive. So today at Carlisle, I'm in more of a holistic communications role that covers the spectrum of both internal and external communications, which I would say has been absolutely the best of both worlds for me. What's been even more fun is that I drive communications not just at the corporate level, but I help support the management teams at our portfolio companies with their own communication strategies across every imaginable industry. 
like technology, healthcare, consumer media and retail, and renewable energy. So let me tell you, there is not a bore in the world as a communications professional. Wow. First off, first off, Brittany, what an introduction. Okay. I think we, I think, you know what, Erica, let's pack it up because the amount of gems that were just dropped in that introduction, I think we're good. (laughs) And she gets a superstar. Can I come on this more often? You're really, you're really just giving me, making me feel all the glow here. (laughs) (laughs) That was excellent. That was excellent. So Brittany, communications is quite broad. What does a career in communications look like? When I think about communications, it's more than just a marketing agency. I see it everywhere in all companies. So please, can you expound upon that for us? Of course. And I'm so glad you asked this because it is really broad. At the end of the day, I would say corporate communications is about building trust and a sense of purpose over the long term which might sound like a bunch of platitudes, but what it really comes down to is delivering a consistent and compelling narrative to key stakeholders that sets a firm apart from its peers. It's how leadership informs clients, investors, the media, and the broader public about strategic developments. And it's also what drives employee understanding of a firm's business strategy and the individual role that employees have in its execution. Wow. So in a, nut- in a nutshell, yeah, yes. <laughs> I know, super broad, which is which was the question initially. Um, but I would say in a nutshell that successful communication strategies are the catalyst for positive business outcomes. And I'll give you an example here. Harvard Business School academics actually reached out to around 600 CEOs early on in the pandemic to ask them about their biggest concerns. And many of them I'll let you guess first. What do you What do you think their biggest concerns might have been? It could It could, it could be anything. Go ahead. It could be anything. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. But communication was actually one of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it wasn't clear before the pandemic. I would say it's clear now that you know many corporate leaders have really under, come to the understanding that effective communications can be the glue that keep organizations connected within themselves right. and the marketplace. Wow. And in this remote world that we all adapted to, companies that didn't prioritize this fundamental business need were not only at a competitive disadvantage, but also risk cultural erosion. That's an excellent point. The cultural erosion bit, actually. Mm -hmm. I love that you actually raised that. Yeah, Yeah, it really could be make or break. And I'll just give you an example at my own firm. So at Carlisle, we activated really quickly to ensure we were finding new and creative ways to communicate a vision that continued to motivate our people, but also kept them super informed about what was happening across the firm. And it was so important at the time that we didn't take a one-size-fits-all approach. So we conducted virtual town halls with our leadership. We also did some intimate forums and fireside chats. And I would say that it has been so amazing from a learning experience standpoint to be part of that glue-making and helping ensure that during such a difficult time for our people, that we as a firm were stronger and more connected than ever before. And not just culturally, but commercially too. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, Brittany. I mean, you spoke about this just in broad spectrum, and then you also just hit on a little bit about some of your responsibilities in your current role. So what is your current role and how did you incorporate your passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion? I'm so glad you asked this question, especially given our shared passion. So as an external and internal communications practitioner, I work to develop what I would call compelling communication programs that work to enhance my firm's culture, 
but also drive growth, strengthen our reputation, and build our brand. And this entails building and executing individual proactive and reactive communications programs for respective businesses, leadership teams, and as I mentioned at the top, being that I'm in the private equity industry for our portfolio companies too. So at the end of the day, it all comes down to supporting and enhancing Mm -hmm. the firm's overall brand and reputation. To get more specific here, because again, comms is very broad, as we discussed, Mm -hmm. um, comms activities can include media relations, financial communications, employee communications, and executive comms. And that's not even the half of it. But let's bring it back to DE&I, which I'm so glad you asked about, because I really look at everything through the lens of DE&I, and I know you both do too. Yes. The most rewarding part of my job today is working with our deal teams to empower the voices of our diverse investment professionals and the management teams and founders at our portfolio companies to share their global insights and unique perspectives with the world. I've been marrying my passion for DEI and media relations for years. And I know as a collective, the three of us have been on a mission to help increase the representation of diverse voices on Wall Street, which is why it was love at first sight for the three of us. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely. <laughs> that is that. So interestingly enough, since 2018, and I'm not sure if either of you know this, but I've been partnering with Bloomberg at both my prior firm and current through their new voices initiative, which helps no. to increase the representation. Yeah. We got to get you on it. Absolutely. I'm, 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 that, that's the next to do. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> Excellent. But the initiative helps to increase the representation of diverse sources in both online and on our content. And, and I would say it's a phenomenal program. And, and what is. they do is it's funded media training for underrepresented voices. And I'm pretty sure that they've already increased female representation of external finance and business guests on broadcast and radio to 27%. So just like Bloomberg, increasingly, journalists have been very intentional about growing their bench of diverse sources for their reporting. And the progress has been meaningful. But as we know, the industry must continue to hold ourselves accountable by raising the bar and creating new standards on a continuous basis. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that, Brittany. That was very phenomenal, very thorough. I love it. My final question is, what are the challenges that excite you about your role? Because there's a lot of excitement that's going on over there at Carlisle and also just for you with the things that you're doing on the side. So please tell us. (laughs) It is really exciting. And I would say that now more than ever, I realize the importance of reputational capital and wholeheartedly, I really believe that there's no industry more exciting to manage that capital than the fast-paced, always-on financial services industry. Mm-hmm. Every day, I get the opportunity to work with brilliant decision makers, including the world's most respected financial executives, journalists, and economists. The challenge, as you asked, or what I would call really the opportunity in this role, is that there's no real playbook or winning formula for success when you're presented with irreplicable situations on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wholeheartedly believe good judgment and a perpetual desire to learn and do better are absolutely bar none. So to bring to life for, for both of you, I'd say whether it's serving as a strategic advisor to a company leadership or media training, whether it's the Bloomberg New Voices program or what have you, an executive for a first ever media appearance and seeing that sigh of relief when they nail the interview, that is really the best feeling for me. Uh, Or building relationships with business reporters, chasing market moving scoop. 
every day is really a new day. And there's really no better thrill than to be right there in the thick of it. Sounds super exciting. Wow. You know what? We're going to have so many people reaching out that are going to be like, I need to get in this. How do I get in? Brittany, just be ready. You're going to be receiving a lot of contacts through LinkedIn. (laughs) And we have your friends or former colleagues about communication. It's, it's not, it's not a role that I really knew existed, um, years prior. So I'm, I'm really happy to help educate on it. Yeah. And even just the intangible element of reputational capital. Brilliant. Right. Brilliant. Right. right. Absolutely. And it really can be make or break for an organization. And it's, it's really, I think the pandemic really showed that quite quickly. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know what? This leads us into the next portion of our uh, Q&A, right? Now, uh, what are some tips you have for students who are, who are interested in securing an internship in communications? No, that's a great question. And I wish someone was giving me this answer at the time. <laughs> uh, and I don't have all the answers and I don't think there's necessarily a secret sauce. But what I would say is that first and foremost, if your school has a career center or any resources or alumni networks, mm-hmm. leverage them. I didn't even know my school had one until my junior year. And I wish I got to know that sooner because those tools are hugely valuable and will help you identify opportunities you might not have access to elsewhere. Absolutely. That's a that's actually really great, great points. I'm sorry, was there something else you wanted to add? Yeah, so there was one more thing I wanted to add, and it was more specific to folks on the line that you know might be interested in comms in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned at the top that rotational programs are great, but I'd also say that exploring opportunities at the PR agency level oh. versus in-house, I'd highly recommend. I, n- I never actually worked on the agency side. I've partnered with many different agencies. And what I can see is that at the agency level, mm-hmm. which the closest comparison I have is to the way I work with our Carlisle portfolio companies, is that you have the opportunity to work with different clients across many different industries. And that breadth of experience early on is something you just can't get in-house. So I, I think that's great experience right off the bat. And for those that are looking today, I would definitely recommend expanding your horizons. That's a really good point mm-hmm. because I will say at my current firm that I work with, uh, they they do utilize um, PR agencies quite a bit. So that I'm glad that you actually mentioned that. Excellent. Thank you for that. So the next question we have is, what is in the secret sauce? I know you said there's not one size fit all, but you know, I'm sure you have some tips that you could provide. And then also, what can some students do when they're rejected after applying for an internship? Yeah, I don't. I, I like I said, I don't know if there's a secret sauce, and I, mm-hmm. I know this is going to sound so cheesy. And <laughs> you've heard, okay. I don't know how many times we've all heard this, but be yourself. And yeah, and mm-hmm. I think I mentioned the judgment and being open to building relationships and critical thinking and thinking on your feet and being adaptable and right. flexing. Your day might change, you know, without a moment's notice and kind of just you know, that attitude is so critical mm-hmm. to, you know, to really navigating that role as successfully as you can. So I think bring the energy, bring the excitement, bring the willingness to learn. And it's one of those roles that you can, there's no shortage of learning because every experience is so different. Every, every engagement you have with a journalist or an executive, it's, you can't replicate it. So you're, it's right. a constantly you're constantly learning and growing. And I think, you know, if you're open to that, it's it's a really exciting place to be. And as it relates to rejection, 
I, I really hope folks learn, and I know this is easier said than done, but learn to see it as a blessing. You know, most of the time, what I've learned from rejection is that it is impersonal. And if you're not a fit for an employer, then nine times out of 10, they're probably not a fit for you. You know, interviews go both ways. So so don't forget that. And I'd say if I didn't face rejection early on, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I really love what I do. So, you know, don't be afraid of the no's. I think they're better than no answers. I'd say there were a number of prospective employers during the internship application process that I know this is a new a new term, but I I think I think this happened back back then was I was definitely ghosted. Um, <laughs> but I don't put it on them because you know oftentimes if you're applying through the company website and hoping for the best, you're you might not hear anything. So yeah, I'm telling you as someone from the relationship business, I I really think that finding ways right off the bat to be more than just a resume will go a long way. Excellent. Excellent. And we all have LinkedIn, right? So yep. presumably you can just do a LinkedIn search and figuring out the figure out the hiring manager for an open role and reach out to that individual directly. What an I think excellent people tip. don't realize, right? Right. Yeah, it sounds I think that's well, you can really like you can find anyone. And I, I think people think there's a formulaic process, but we're all people, right? So I just I don't I, I'd say don't be afraid to be proactive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. And and Everyone that reaches out to me through LinkedIn leaves a memorable like impact to me. So I think that's a really great tip as well. Thank you for that, Brittany. Okay, Brittany, this was phenomenal. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do to try to keep this to under two to three minutes in my recap corner, but I'm going to try my best. So everyone, Brittany had provided us some background. I love that you took us on a journey where you walked us through how you didn't even know this was a career in itself. You wanted to actually be a sports broadcaster, but you learned to pivot and you were able to start off in a rotational program and I love that you highly recommended this. Actually, our last um, few guests had actually recommended rotational programs as well. So we want to make sure that folks are aware of this as you're actually looking into finance or other careers. Definitely take advantage of this. You were able to focus on media relations um, specific to the investment bank. So that's how you were able to kind of set off your journey on that. Now, comms, you explained to us, is about building trust and a sense of purpose over the long term and delivering a consistent narrative to stakeholders. And I really love that you had mentioned that it drives employee understanding because comms is at the top importance of what they're looking to do, especially as we think about the year that we just came through. That's definitely something that that I could actually uh, resonate with. So, and I love that you have mentioned it's a glue that keeps uh, t- people engaged in the marketplace and supports the culture as well as the commercial consciousness. So, uh, building and executing proactive and reactive comms programs is what you're mainly focused on. And you know, I love that you kind of walked us through that. Through the firm's reputation, you focus on media relations, financial communications, executive comms, I'm sure everything else under the sun as well, but great examples. Thank you. And then the other thing that you had walked us through in terms of what you do in your day-to-day is that you work with deal teams and marrying the DEI passions and partnering with um, Bloomberg through new voices. I cannot wait to dwell into this because it's okay. super exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And, um, you know, this um 
particular program focuses on media training for underrepresented forums. So, you know, I, I love what this represents and, and the progress that you have mentioned that it's making. Now, some of the challenges that you had shared in terms of what you could deal with on the day-to-day is making sure that you're conscious of the importance of reputational capital. You love that it's fast-paced um, and focused on uh, financial industry work, and you're dealing with amazing decision-makers. Look, I can feel your energy, your passion oozing through the mic, like, Definitely. We are going to have people like wanting to make a career shift or getting into comms. So thank you for sharing that with us. And now on the intern tips uh, that you had shared, and this has been a consistent message from all of our, of our guests this season, utilize your career center. Look, everyone, I cannot emphasize this enough. You are paying for this in your tuition. You better make sure that you take good use of this. Uh, so thank you for actually mentioning that. And you could do this as early as, I'm sure, sophomore year, probably even look starting conversations with them from freshman year. So, you know, I, I appreciate that you actually provided that look back on that. Again, reputational pro, uh, rotational programs are great, but you also had suggested for people who may not necessarily be on the intern side, but you know are actually looking to maybe transition, look for opportunities on the PR agency side as well. So definitely appreciate that because it provides you an opportunity to work with many different clients across industries and you know outside of your in-house company that you're working for. And I love that you had shared, be yourself and open to building relationships and being adaptable in your day-to-day. It just reminds me of just how we, the three of us came together, especially under the scope of DEI and, you know, marrying our passions and just kind of, um, you know, dealing with different opportunities that we were able to work collaboratively together. And then dealing with rejected rejection, learn to see it as a blessing. Most times it's not personal. Interviews go both ways. So look, there's so much that you could do with that. And you know what? For now, I'm just going to pause, take a breath. Shashala, what, did I miss anything? Hey, how <laughs> you, did I do? You did <laughs> I tried. great. You, you shared did so great. much. It was amazing. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I'm impressed on, on how you're able to wrap that all up. <laughs> right? That was great. Great job, Erica. Go, girl. Right? <laughs> no, I mean... You were, you're the inspiration. So thank you for, for your expert opinion on, on all of this. You're my inspiration. So thank you. <laughs> yes. Brittany, love what you mentioned. Just what Erica said, be yourself and don't be afraid of the nose. This was such an inspiring episode. So thank you, my friend. You are truly a powerhouse and an inspiration to all. We are now wrapping this up. And with that, Brittany, where can folks contact you? By all means, you can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm sort of on Twitter, but I would say LinkedIn is the best place to reach me. By all means, happy to chat. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any questions that you want us to decode, send us a DM on social media or email us at decodingcorporateamerica at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe, like, and rate our podcast. Your feedback is important as we aim to be the best corporate podcast out. Stay tuned. Thank you. Stay tuned.